Welcome to Drifted Podcast with Justin Kane. I'm your host and I welcome you today as you continue your journey of walking free from religion and functional Christianity into a relationship with God, one that is full of joy, discovery, and grace. Enjoy today's episode. the sermon this morning is, It is Finished. Would you say that with me? It is finished. Powerful words that I believe are going to be life transforming today. This morning will be a day to remember. For some, you may hear, maybe for the very first time, the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. For others, my prayer is that this message, the words that I speak, that they may revive or resurrect something that may be dead inside your life. Either way, I believe that God is going to move mightily this morning in our hearts and in our lives. Romans 1.16, it's a verse from the Apostle Paul. He writes these words, for he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Think about that for a moment. Why would somebody need to be ashamed of something that's good news. Why would he have to write that? Because there is great persecution that was happening to the church at that time. And it happens today just as well. Although the gospel is good news, it's not readily received by everybody. Because it takes for a moment someone to admit that they need a savior. And to know that you need a savior, you need to admit that you need to be saved from something. So he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God. I used to think, I truly believed that the gospel was something that simply saved me. And then once I heard the gospel, received the gospel, I could put it aside on my bookshelf and say, yes, I know the gospel. And then I'd live my life with Christ. But the gospel is the power of God every single day. I need the gospel today just as much as I needed it 19 years ago when I got saved. And if you'll hear me say anything this morning, please listen to these words. And I said it for the last three weeks, that God is relational before he's functional. What I mean by that is on Monday, our daughter Carly had a massive fever, majorly sick. And so my symptoms are a result of my relationship with her. Can I get an amen? That's the truth. I received it, a precious gift from her on Friday afternoon. But I, I thought something was very interesting about that is because I have this symptom from a relationship. And religion wants to try to make it look like something, but you don't truly have it. But I got symptoms because of relationship, and God is relational before he's functional. God is not saying, well, I want you to act right, talk right, read right, watch right, do all these things right, and then let's see if you got it. No, he says, once you relate with me, you're going to catch it. And when you relate with God, you catch the gospel, you catch the good news. It actually is, it's not just a message that is told, it's a person that literally permeates your life, and you're never the same. So how can somebody who goes to church, lives a certain way, not be changed because they're not truly understanding that this is a relationship before it's a bunch of rules 
and regulation. You see, when I got married to Sarah, is that I didn't have to put a list of the Ten Commandments for me and Sarah. All right, this is, you shall be this as a wife, and you shall be this. No, we let love guide our relationship, and as we relate to each other, together, then the functions come after that. But if we just simply function before relating, then it becomes twisted. And sometimes we are overwhelmed by life. The crushing waves of disappointment, endless difficulties, at times debilitating illness for some of those in this room today, or trouble with people, it can cause hopelessness and depression and despair. And it happened to the disciples, and it happened to me, it probably happened to you where life has a way of pushing you around. And I don't say this as a cliche, but I want you to know today that Christ is enough. That's important to understand because it's not just a slogan or a bumper sticker. Christ is enough. So whatever it is that I need, I have to at least realize he is enough. Because there's something inside of us, all of us, that is constantly searching for something to fill some type of void. And that's why Jesus with the woman at the well when He offered her water. He says, the water that I give to you, it's living water. And you'll never thirst again. Doesn't mean she she never will drink again. Doesn't mean that she never needs a relationship. It just means that I will be the source of everything that you need. You need peace, I'm your peace. You need joy, I'm your joy. You need healing, I'm your healer. You need favor, I'm the one that provides favor. I am the one that you need in every circumstance that you face. So whatever our circumstances, Jesus is always present with his love, his compassion, and his grace. He is proof. His presence and provision is enough to carry us safely through every difficulty. As I was thinking about some of the challenges that all of us face in this room. Anybody have a challenge in their life that they're trying to overcome? All right. Pretty much everybody. And if not today, there's always Monday. I thought about this phrase because sometimes we equate our challenges and we measure them based upon God's love. Listen to these words. God's love was never meant to keep us from trials. But it will help us get through them. Oftentimes we think that, man, okay, now I'm saved. Now I have God. Now I have Jesus. And I know God loves me so much. This is at least what people are telling me. Okay, life should be better. And yes, how you handle and how you face off with challenges will radically be different. But God's love was never meant to keep us from trials. But it will help you get through Every trial that you face. As I think about God's love, I believe that it can boil down to four things. You don't have to write these down, but just listen to what I'm going to say. Is that God will never stop loving you. Can I get an amen? The second thing is that he will always have your best in mind. So when I'm going through a trial, I know that God loves me. He'll never stop. I know that he always has my best in mind. Always. Like there's never a moment where God goes, ah, 
you know what, I really want to do what's best for me. No, he always has my best in mind. He will always believe the best about you. I shared a shocking statement, I think, three weeks ago. Not sure if anybody heard it, but I will say it again. Is that God's thoughts about you never change. Thank you, Dad. Right on cue. God's thoughts about you never change. So he's not one way toward you today and one way toward you tomorrow or one way toward you when you've got it all going on and then another thought toward you when you screwed up on Friday night. It says that his thoughts are so numerous about you. He thinks about you all the time and the thoughts that he has toward his sons and daughters are always good. Amen. We're talking about the gospel this morning. It is good news. And actually, it's too good to be true. And it's the only thing that you can put your, your, your life depends, depends upon this. That it's too, be, too, too good to be true, but it's actually real. There's no strings attached. And God's love encompasses in a way that he will always be with you during the good moments and the low moments. That's comforting to me, knowing that just because I'm going through a challenging moment does not mean God is not loving me, does not mean that God thinks differently about me, does not mean that God's not with me. He is always with me during the high moments and during the low moments. You know, 